you could spend a lot of time working with someone with epilepsy who experiences ictal fear, wrongly trying to apply CBT for panic disorder. So just knowing that distinction is is going to be really helpful. Who knew that some psychologists could mistake epileptic seizures for anxiety? Seriously, I, I know. <laughs> but today in part two of two, clinical neuropsychologist and academic Vaughan Bell explains this to us, the impacts of misdiagnosis and the importance of relationships between psychologists and neurologists. My name's uh, Vaughan Bell. I'm a clinical psychologist. I work between psychosis and neuropsychiatry services in the NHS. And I'm also an academic where I mainly research neuropsychiatric disorders. Epileptic seizures often well, not imitate, because that sounds like it's uh, purposeful, but come across um, as potentially something else. Could you tell us a bit about that, please? Yeah, so, you know, I'm I'm very keen that, um, you know, psychologists and, and therapists are, uh, you know, have, have a different attitude to epilepsy and the problems associated with it. But it's it's also worth knowing that there is a bit of technical knowledge which is really helpful. Right, it's not just a case of you know kind of changing our perceptions a little bit, and and there are situations where there are some sort of um, you know effects or symptoms of epilepsy, which can be confused for um, you know certain mental health problems. So a real classic one would be something called ictal fear, which is some people who have um, simple partial seizures. So these are seizures where the person is conscious throughout, and the only effect. Uh, one part of the brain, sometimes called focal seizures, can experience intense fear. I've had that. Have you really? Oh, yes, yes. So it's just horrific. Um, I would, uh, the way I've explained it to people before, so I, I would often have this, so the, this focal aware seizure prior to a tonic clonic, and it's like a wave of evil is coming over me. Absolute, wa- and I am rude wording myself like uh, even though I know what it is I know what it is and but it that's just what it feels like it, and it's just overwhelming the fear and I don't feel it in any other way in the rest of my life but that is just horrific this this happens in about 10% of people who have focal seizures and uh, I think if um, for lots of people, particularly trained in CBT or, you know, used to kind of common diagnoses in mental health, if someone sat down in front of them and said, do you know what, sometimes I'm, I'm out and about or, and I just have this like huge wave of fear come over me and it like just suddenly hits me and then about 60 seconds later, it, it, it's gone and absolutely terrifying. They might go, sounds like panic disorder. Oh right? God, I can so imagine people saying that. Oh, and 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 actually it's in 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 some ways it's a reasonable assumption to make right if someone said that to you but actually knowing about ictal fear mm-hmm. knowing that focal seizures can trigger intense waves of fear that come over the person um is really important because actually if you try and treat ictal fear as if it was panic disorder which is typically defined as essentially start having anxious thoughts and then people start getting anxious about being anxious and then to the point of having catastrophic fears that they might have a heart attack or or they, or they, or they might go mad sometimes and there's this cycle of kind of thoughts and anxiety that goes around and and CBT is a really effective 
treatment and it works by helping people address some of those fears and some of those assumptions about what can happen you know some people worried they might have a heart attack and so on isn't isn't the case and you can help people demonstrate that actually you know you can you can have these in, intense experiences and be absolutely fine well if if you you could spend a lot of time working with someone with epilepsy who experiences ictal fear wrongly trying to apply CBT for panic disorder. Um, uh, so just knowing that distinction is is going to be really helpful. And, you know, so if, if you are working with someone who has, you, you know, as a psychologist and someone has ictal fear, that can be some really sensible things to ask them. Do they have specific thoughts? Are they, is that fear connected to a particular context or a fear you have, or does it seem to come out of the blue? Um, it's going to be really important. And, and of course, occasionally you meet people who are having seizures who don't realize they have epilepsy. Uh-huh. They might think that they're having a panic attack. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that doesn't make us, well, we're not, we're not uh, well, some of us are clinicians, but, you know, we're unlikely as the person with an epilepsy to be able to distinguish between the two, right? Especially if we're not familiar with the epilepsies. And then I'll just, as you were talking, it made me think of, well, sometimes we will have both, especially if one is, is the, the epilepsy isn't being treated because it's mistaken for some sort of panic disorder. It could get, the epilepsy could worsen and the panic disorder could worsen because neither are being treated effectively. Exactly. And so just knowing a little bit about the sort of things you might be looking out for to understand whether something would be a panic disorder or ictal fear. And there are many examples like this in epilepsy, right? Is it intrusive thoughts or are they focal seizures? understanding that you might see other signs, you might see clouded consciousness, people might, you know, you might ask them about other symptoms, epilepsy, or, uh, you know, maybe really useful, a little bit of knowledge that can really go a long way. Again, it's, you know, I always tell my colleagues, it's not about being amateur neurologists, it's being about better informed clinical psychologists to, to allow you to then go, do you know what, I wonder whether this is something, this is an assessment that may be useful to you. Very much uh, worth looking into, I think. And also, would you say that this is one reason why relationships between psychologists and neurologists can be very important? So they can ask each other questions, they can make their referrals more easily, etc. Yeah, abs- absolutely the case. And, and, and actually, it's worth saying that in specialist epilepsy services, that's one place where they actually really appreciate um, you know, psychologists and therapists, lots of them have counseling services associated with them. Um, and in, in, on one side, I think that's a really positive thing. On the other side, I do worry it's a little bit of a reflection of the fact that they don't feel confident in kind of, you know, referring people to, let's call mainstream mental health services. But I think, uh, you know, the more, uh, mental health services, the more psychologists and psych- psychotherapists who are knowledgeable about epilepsy and the effects, the better. And it is also very interesting. Things are changing at a rapid pace. And I just also wanted to mention um, non-epileptic seizures, which are often, you know, part of this whole parcel, including people with an epilepsy as well and people with other mental health disorders. And they're frequently misunderstood. Yeah. And and uh, for which one of the most important treatments is, is psychological. Mm-hmm. 
you know it's it, it's it's absolutely the case it's worth saying that the uh, the treatment we have the psychological treatment we have for non epileptic seizures um is uh you know still relatively nascent it's still being developed and it's not a case of you know kind of uh you know when people sometimes the word psychological means to people it's just a case of thinking differently but really psychology these days is is thinking about what we do how we manage things how we cope with things um and psychologists work in you know every every sort of specialty now from from cancer to head injury to uh you know autism services so you know the, it's a really important um kind of support approach treatment for non-epileptic seizures absolutely fabulous if anybody would like to learn more about you and your work and you know continue this conversation what should they do like the best thing you can probably do is ignore me and go and look up <laughs> some good reliable information from lots of the epilepsy support organizations on the web because that will be the single best source of just good general knowledge and they put loads of brilliant videos up about what seizures look like they interview people they you know they have just you know well uh, digestible useful uh, knowledge and that's probably the first place to go actually fabulous thank you so much for joining us it's been great thank you a real pleasure Tori thank you very much for inviting me thank you very much to Vaughan for explaining to us the challenges that many psychologists currently face in distinguishing a mental health illness from an epileptic seizure as explained this can be simply solved through providing psychologists and others in the mental health sector with training regarding the epilepsies oh and I didn't mention this before but just in case you are listening health ministers we need funding to educate and hire people too. Have a great weekend. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>